If you've been paying any attention at all, you should have noticed there have been a number of shifts when it comes to the workforce and what leads to success for many companies. And while many will break down the processes and strategies involved, it does go deeper than that and often starts with the various choices we make as employees and as leaders. Amidst all of these disruptions, the only way you can make good, sound decisions They're going to come at you way faster than you can be prepared for. You can't outrun them. You can't outsmart them. But you can know who you are and make the choices that are best for you. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for listening to Moving Up the Ladder here on LJN Radio. Bill Jensen, whom you just heard, is an internationally acclaimed author and speaker. And as the CEO of the Jensen Group, his clients include GE, Merrill Lynch, and Bank of America, just to name a few. Now, his book, Future Strong, How to Work Unleashed, Lead Boldly, and Live Life Your Way, well, that explores what it will take to succeed with the workforce of tomorrow. Bill, thank you very much for joining us today. Tim, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. Well, I I do think it's an intriguing topic, especially the way uh, your book kind of laid things out, Um, Future Strong. I guess the first question I had for you was, if you were to describe to the listeners uh, what the central premise is of the book, what would you say about it? It's all about the choices that each of us needs to make in order to have a strong future. And the thing is, the future is going to be crazed, and it's going to be disruptive, and it's going to throw, throw you as many curveballs in a day as you can, you know, can stand and more. So it's around the deeply personal choices that we each must make mm-hmm. to have the best future that we can. And that is one thing that stood out to me about the book that, as you said, it focuses more so on these choices versus, you know, a lot of sort of business books or employment related books, they focus on strategies and processes. Why did you go the route of these choices first and foremost versus what a lot of those other books do? Well, first, exactly as you said, there's so (laughs) many other things out there about all the others. It's like, but but nobody was talking about, okay, you know, we're going to live in a world of analytics. We're going to live in a world of robotics and mm. automated technology is going to take over jobs. You know, all this other stuff we're talking about, we're, we're all going to have, have driverless cars in a few years. Of course. But it's, nobody was really talking about, you know, what do I need to think about in order to succeed in those crazy times? So that's what I uh, interviewed over 7,000 people all around the world. What are the choices you need to make in order to succeed? Sure. Along the same lines, there was a study that was cited that uh, says one change that is needed for future success, to be future ready, that is, was, quote, freeing people to succeed. What does that mean to you and why does that matter going forward? That matters to both the entrepreneurs and the senior execs and everyone who works. The freeing people to succeed was that our 20th century hierarchies simply are not working anymore. Hmm. It's just, you know, the way we do business simply is not working. So if you are a senior exec or an entrepreneur, you really need to think about how you organize people and pull them together and do budgeting differently. But for everyone who works, regardless of their position, what it means is even if you work for a great company, Mm -hmm. even if they really are trying to do their best, Frankly, most companies, I'd say, you know, 98% out there are not moving fast enough, Hmm. are not destroying that hierarchy quickly enough. Sure. So it puts all of us on notice to be aware that we have to run our own career. We knew that careers going up the ladder 
we're decades old, gone, but now it's much, much more in charge of our own career because there is so much disruptive change going on in how business is getting done. Well, it's interesting you bring up that side of it because obviously, as you mentioned, there's a traditional way of thinking and, and working that people have become accustomed to in a lot of ways. And there are some out there that might ask, well, you know, why should we change for the workforce or for this generation, so to speak? We've always been successful. It's always worked. Uh, what would your response be to those people who are kind of thinking in those ways still? 40% or so of today's Fortune 500 will not be around. I forget the exact estimate. It's either five to eight years from now. Wow. What worked yesterday will not work anymore. Marshall Goldsmith, the great coach, uh, leadership coach, once wrote a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Hmm. We are in this moment that whatever worked yesterday simply will not work going forward. And lots of people uh, who are you know, over 40, which would put them in Gen X or as boomers, like to complain about the millennials. But regardless <laughs> of whether you want to complain about millennials and Gen Z, they are the workforce of the future. Mm -hmm. And they have shorter attention spans. They want to move more quickly. And frankly, I'm on their side. We are handing, just like our U.S. Congress is not necessarily moving on all the things we need to that is about our children's future. We are handing our children and our children's children the most complicated, complex, difficult, disruptive business environment that's ever been imagined. And we need to expect that they will be pushing back saying, well, if you want me to succeed for the company, you have to help me succeed more. And that was the biggest finding other than you know freeing people to succeed right. was that the millennials are going to come in and they're going to look at companies like a software app. They're going to use it for two core reasons. It's enjoyable, it's fun, but the most important is it's efficient and effective in achieving their goals and dreams. Hmm. And the main thing we need to focus on is the workforce that's coming up are looking at things as far as achieving their goals and dreams. And from the survey that we did that's cited in the book, only 10% of us who work in mainstream companies can achieve our personal dreams and goals where we currently work. And the millennials simply are not going to stand for that. Now, it's interesting. You've mentioned a couple of times the idea of, you know, a complex and disruptive workforce. Is it simply this idea of, you know, the millennials and people, you know, thinking in the same way that they don't buy into the hierarchy side of it? Or are there other things that go into this idea of it being so complex and disruptive, as you've mentioned a couple of times? Well, the first, Tim, is that regardless of where you are in the workforce, the disruption is going to be off the charts. Hmm. Think of what Uber has done to sure. the taxicab industry. Every single industry you can imagine is going through that kind of disruption. You know, small players that are going to create software platforms are going to completely blow up everything. And we're about to see an environment. We thought healthcare was changed, you know, by our legal system, uh, and, you know, in our medical care system in the last few years. We haven't seen anything yet because <laughs> we're moving into an era of analytics. Mm -hmm. You're going to see software companies moving much more into healthcare. You're going to see companies like Tesla, who created you know, uh, an electric and battery-driven car, reinventing energy. So the, regardless of which generation you're in, we're on the cusp of the most disruptive time in human history. 
And it's going to be the people who are on the cusp of that, that are creating the disruptions, that are going to be more likely to succeed. So the millennials, going back to your original question, are going to say, hey, are you got to keep up with the times. Otherwise, you're holding my career back. So they are looking to get ahead of the disruptions. Right. And if their company is still worried about talent management or performance management or hierarchies the way it was done last year or last five years, they're going to move on quickly. Bill, it definitely is some fascinating stuff. And I love the passion that you have for it because I think it really does come across, uh, you know, even here over the radio, just what you believe and what you have seen. And, and as you mentioned, the studies that are cited, I think, uh, I think our listeners are, are going to be happy to hear some of the stuff you're talking about. I wanted to jump back to the book just briefly here. Um, in the book, you build a case that success in the coming decades will depend on five future strong choices, uh, and the theme being choices here. And just quickly, their inner truth, soul on fire, humble self, sacrifice, and reliance. And we're not going to break all of them down here. Obviously, that's why you have a book, and people will just have to check out the book to get the full detail on all of them. But if you were going to pick out one or two of those, just to share a quick synopsis with the listeners, what would you jump to right away as far as giving a brief description? The very first one, the inner knowingness. Mm -hmm. Besides this book, the, I've do, been doing research for more than a quarter century. Over a million people surveyed and interviewed. The one thing I want everybody to understand, if there are 10 of you listening right now, I'm sure there are many more, but my math. <laughs> hey, come on, 10, Bill. Give me a little credit eight, here. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, 100,000. Okay, perfect. <laughs> 80,000 of you think you know who you are, but don't. The 80-20 rule of inner knowingness is about eight in every 10 of us really believe we know who we are, but don't. And we've only done about 20% of the work we need to really know who we are. Of all the choices, that's the one I'd focus on because that's the, that's the crucial place where everything starts and ends. For all the things that you need to think about, about you know, building your own healthcare, building your own career, building your own business, amidst all of these disruptions, the only way you can make good, sound decisions they're going to come at you way faster than you can be prepared for. You can't outrun them. You can't outsmart them. But you can know who you are and make the choices that are best for you as far as whether I want to deal with this disruptive technology, whether I want to change career paths, whether I want to change industries. But the only way you can make those decisions in an informed way, Tim, is to really know who you are. So there are lots of exercises and stories in the book, but that's the thing that I would focus everybody on. Eight out of every 10 of you think you know who you are, but I'm sorry to tell you, as the cartoon character in Pogo once said, we have met the enemy and he is us. The most important thing you can do is realize that probably you don't know yourself as well as you could and go get this book and others that help you with that journey. I'm sure there are a lot of listeners, or some anyway, that might be managers, CEOs, owners of companies, and they may have heard, or the only thing they may have heard with some of what you've said is, well, it sounds like it's all about the employee. You know, what can they get out of it? What, how can they succeed? And they might be thinking, well, as a company, how can, I, how can I succeed if everyone's sort of for themselves and they're not for the team? Is that a false argument in some way, or what would you tell them if they're having those concerns? Well, first, recognize that it's been out of balance 
from the industrial age through where we are now, it's mostly about the company. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to get your workforce to stay if it's brought in balance to a 50-50 partnership. Okay. I'm only emphasizing the individual, and thank you for raising that, Tim, to make sure that I didn't mislead our listeners. Sure. I'm only raising the individual focus because we've done such a poor job on it. However, I also need to educate every listener who is a senior exec, pick up your iPhone or your Android phone. Look at it. Look at how much you program that, that's about you and how much control you have of it. Hmm. Now, realize that the technology that's been in that phone for the last five years or so, everybody can build their own corporate infrastructure, whether it's through Kickstarter, whether it's through Evernote or other applications that are productivity tool. Everybody can build their own company. So they're looking at their phone and they're going, gee, this is pretty user-centered. And I'm able to get my work done in teams, but still have things designed to meet my needs. That's the challenge, Mr. Ms. Senior Exec, that you're going to face, is you've got to create team alliance at the same time as you create more and more user-centered tools. And if you create more user-centered tools and processes and procedures, then everybody gets on board giving more to the team. But we can't just assume that we're sacrificing for the team Mm -hmm. and we're going to sacrifice ourselves, too. Bill, again, I think you've given us some uh, terrific insight here. And uh, I wanted to give you a chance. If you could point out one thing from the book that you'd say you're most proud of, again, the book being Future Strong, uh, How to Work Unleashed, Lead Boldly and Live Your Life Your Way. What would you say? What would you say you're most proud of, either that came across in the book or that you feel listeners or readers rather could get from the book? Because we, thanks for asking that question, Tim, because we are, you know, limited to time here, the, I, wouldn't, I won't tell the stories, but the storytelling. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of theory. There's all sorts of tools and checklists that I put in the book. You know, very, there's, a, there's a personal assessment about how to be future strong. You know, go use the tool that's in that book. You can get an assessment, whether you're strong, passive, or shackled. But the thing that I'm most proud of that wraps it all together since the dawn of humanity, how we learn is by telling each other stories. So what we didn't have time for here were scores and scores of people's stories about how they figured things out. Bill, I think that's a great place for us to leave off. As you said, I wish we did have more time to chat. I think uh, you know a lot of excellent, engaging stuff that our listeners can take from this, and I hope they do check out the book again. Future Strong, How to Work Unleashed, Lead Boldly, and Live Life Your Way. Bill, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Tim. It's been a real joy. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this episode of Moving Up the Ladder. It's been a pleasure speaking with Bill Jensen. Again, he's the CEO of the Jensen Group and author of Future Strong, How to Work Unleashed, Lead Boldly, and Live Life Your Way. If you have any feedback for us on this or any of our episodes, go ahead and send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter, at the LJN, and you can find all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Take care.